Today's subject matter deals with being a dad. I'm a dad. A cat dad to Wesley, the Dread Pirate Robert Spockamini, and a real dad to three beautiful children that exist somewhere in the ether. I labeled myself a dad even before I transitioned, because to me, the term dad simply refers to a person charged with caring for something, a child, a pet, a younger friend, a sub. Dad is non-gendered to me. I think it's also truly non-gendered to most people, because if you noticed, I said care. Dads are about providing care. Care comes in all shapes and sizes. There's emotional care, psychological care, financial care, and physical care. In my mind, all these types of cares fall under the responsibilities of dads. But in movies and TV shows, and more popularly amongst white, dominant, hegemonic, patriarchal social structures, the two types that are most prominent are physical and financial. Dads protect and provide. That's it. Nothing emotional or psychological. That is, until the women's lib in the 1970s, when childcare equity and dual-income families sprung forth to what we now understand as modern family structures. Mostly two full-time working parents, both juggling, juggling excuse me, career and childcare. The 80s is where we started to see this tension, right? This, this notion of men caring for children in non-financial ways and how it played out. Now, growing up, <clears throat> Mr. Mom, <laughs> Mr. Mom is one of my all-time favorite movies. And I know I say, I really, oh, all-time favorite movies. I love movies. And when I was a kid, Mr. Mom was definitely one of them that was on repeat. Okay, so Mr. Mom is about a man who loses his job and his wife returns to work, leaving him to fend for his three children by himself. Hilarity ensues when a man tries to do the mom stuff, right? Michael Keaton plays Jack, a funny, charismatic guy who gets canned standing up for his friends. He spends most of the movie unable to figure anything out. But in the third act, after he applies manliness to the job of mothering, he nails everything. Bottom line, the story that Mr. Mom tells is that it takes a real man to be a mom. Another favorite is Cocktail. I love, I love Tom Cruise. I know, I know, but I love him. In that movie, Tom Cruise is Brian Flanagan, a hotshot bartender with big dreams of professional riches. That said, he always falls too hard, too fast, and never for the right girl. Now, this was 1988, and in that movie, the right girl was defined as a rich woman who would use her capital to help him. When he moves down to Jamaica to bartend at a high-end resort to make tips and land his rich lady, he falls in love with Jordan, played by lovely Elizabeth Shue. <laughs> in the 80s, if you didn't fall in love with Elizabeth Shue, what were you even doing? Of course, Brian fucks this up by sleeping with a rich older lady, and Jordan leaves Jamaica with a broken heart. They meet up again in New York City, and two things are revealed. Number one, Jordan comes from a uber-rich family. And two, she's carrying his child from their sexual romp in a waterfall. I'm gonna save you the B subplots and the stories and stuff, but like by the end of the movie, Brian, filled with this self-determination, extracts Jordan from her rich family and vows to make it on his own, providing for them, right? With cocktails and dreams, the bar he's gonna start. I'm hoping you're sensing a theme here. And third, <laughs> there's the film, Look Who's Talking. So this film is actually about Molly, who's played by the late, great Christy Alley, who gets pregnant from an affair with a married man. Now, while going into labor, 
She gets into a cab and she meets James, a hustler and a cab driver with big dreams and charisma for days, played by the incomparable John Travolta. Now, despite the fact that James absolutely loves Mikey, her son, Molly is constantly weighing the value of kindness versus capitalism when it comes to choosing a father, money, or love. Since you can't have both in a man, what's more important? Now, two episodes ago, we talked a lot about this divided soul of men, right? They can't be both loving and sexually aggressive, a sex god and a loving husband. Well, that extends to this argument as well. Because the stories that these movies tell men over and over and over again is that you cannot be both a rich dad and a good dad. Because what it takes to be rich is power, drive, ambition, greed, and what it takes to be a good dad is structure, poise, compassion, and attention. But when you have those things, you're rewarded not with a loving family, but with new career opportunities. Like, in Cocktail, it was getting a bar where kids aren't allowed in bars, and more than likely, he's killing himself at nights and weekends to maintain that bar. And Mr. Mom, he gets his job back in a raise. And look who's talking, James ultimately wins Molly, but over the course of the, the multiple sequels, he stops being a cab driver and opts to be a pilot, which is not super conducive to taking care of children. Now, on TV, and I know, shocking, we're gonna talk about TV for a second, there were more available dads, right? Silver Spoon had a rich available dad who was, you know, but he was kind of a kid himself. Tony Danza was a famous good dad, but not the head of the household. There was one dad though that, of course, there's always an exception. He was rich, he was kind, he was perfect. And that of course is Bill Cosby. And as we've all come to find out, Dr. Huxtable and Bill Cosby was a complete and utter fantasy. Now, W. Kamau Bell has an incredible documentary called We Need to Talk About Cosby. Go watch it. He takes care of all of the heavy lifting for that conversation. And all I can do is encourage you to watch it. Now, I know that when I was planning to be a father, my life changed. My decisions changed. My future outlook changed. Who I saw in the mirror changed. We see the panic in movies about men learning that they will be fathers. In movies like Nine Months, Knocked Up, Three Men and a Baby, She's Having a Baby. They all sort of have the same tone, right? That women are instantly ready to be moms, but men struggle to accept it. That's the story we're told, that men panic when it comes to babies because they, men, don't want to grow up. They want to stay little boys forever. Being dad means growing up and stepping up as a protector, a responsible party. Not a fun person who will inspire creativity and wonder, but a bill payer, a co-signer. So, because I have the immense luck of having a wonderful father with whom I share a love of many things, including Moody's, I figured it was time to get to the roots of how I see dads by interviewing my own. Hey! Yes? Uh, so, good, good evening. Welcome to the podcast, The Stories We Tell, a podcast about the way we read movies. Um, who are you? <laughs> I am Paul Bacchamini, Casey's father. Wait, Paul Bacchamini? Yes. Dr. Paul Bacchamini. Well, okay, we want to be formal. It's Dr. Paul Bacchamini. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I have never in my life heard you refer to yourself as just Paul Bacchamini. It's always well, Paul I, You're my son. I know. 
Dr. Paul. You're talking. Mm. Thank you. As I take a sip of my coffee, which is, yes. as I say many times, I do not have an editor and a, I have a creative producer in Eric who listens to these after the fact. So was that? <laughs> we're a little, we're a little. Hey, Eric. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, so this episode of this podcast is about a very crucial point in men's lives when they become a father, right? So yeah. You and you're familiar because you a had a father and b yes. are are currently a father. Yes. Um, to multiple children. Yes. And grandchildren and fur children and and fur babies and all of the things. So, all of the above. All of the above. Um. So I, I, you know, some of the questions that I have for you, Dad, is like, when when did you know that you wanted to be a dad? Well, uh, always since I was a little boy, okay? But, you know, yeah, well, sure. Yeah, so you want to be older. You know, baby girls and boys, and yeah. Although I'll tell you the story, okay? You you know the difficulty, and so for for you listeners, okay, right? Uh, Mom, Julie, had difficulty, um, you know, conceiving. And so it'd be very sad, you know, it'd be months I would come home and, you know, she'd be, when we lived in West Covina, she'd be, you know, crying on, on the porch, you know, et cetera. And I've told, you know, you and Nikki, uh, you know, that we're blessed to have you because you know, mom had like, you know, a hundred miscarriages. <laughs> okay. It's unbelievable. Right. Is there one that sticks out as the hardest? Well, um, well, you know, you have to ask mom that. <laughs> okay. oh. in heaven, that, yeah. might, I'm, that might take some time. Yeah, no, I know. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, okay, the reason why I tell the story, okay, is that, you know, it, w- it was difficult, right? However, and I remember, in fact, I remember this Christmas, yeah, that, uh, you know, mom and I was always had a good Christmas. We were by ourselves. We had, you know, great times. You know, my only regret is mom. mom wanted to go to Europe. Okay, you know, travel. And I went, nah, you know, it's old and blah, blah, stupid. Okay, in any case. Man. And so this is like a Christmas night. And I'm I'm sitting in our family room with the pool table. Okay, and, and I'm rolling the balls around and watching something on TV. Okay, and, and I said, you know, we have wonderful life. But what's missing is children, right? You know, that children what adds and enriches and makes this you know so much more you know wonderful right and you know we you know waited so long for nick and then you you know the miracle pumpkin baby <laughs> <laughs> came along and you know it's wonderful yeah you know being a dad is is delightful you know my my only my only issue and i've i've told you this that is that you know for those again you, you listeners well i'm a protector and one of the the real concerns about being a father is that we have to come to grips with that we can't always protect our kids. Right? And that always made me feel very vulnerable. Okay. So as you guys got older, all right, then you know, you're out there and you know, I had no control over a lot of this. All right. Even now, you know, as you're, you know, adults, you know, wonderful adults, you know, et cetera. And particularly for you, Casey, going you know, through all the things you've been through and your transition, you know, it's, you know, I, I, I love you. I love Nick. Um, you know, I love River. 
you know, and Emily, wherever she is. Okay. And Simon and Garfunkel say, I was hum that once in a while, Emily, wherever you are. And that's sad for me, but yeah. Yeah. Emily, I believe <clears throat> Emily is one of your grandchildren. Emily is my, uh, my stepson, Rick. I never say step, but yeah, she, I emailed her for Christmas. She didn't respond. Yeah. So mm -hmm. it's just too bad. Yeah. And so, yeah, that's that for starters. Yeah. Wait. <laughs> As is usual, Father, we jump right into the middle. <laughs> we never have it any other way. We never have it any other way. People are like, wow, you get really deep, really fast. I was like, you should beat my dad. <laughs> I'm a body surfer. I know how to go to the bottom. Go right, right <laughs> into the thing. Yeah. So, okay. So you said that you wanted to be a dad for forever since you were little. Yes, yes. You you had a dad. I I affectionately call him grandfather. Grandfather. <laughs> when he was alive. Yes. Um, what did you did you have any rules of like I'm gonna do this differently? Like this is how he did it, but I'm gonna do it this way. Well, yeah. Um, uh, you know, first of all, as an only child, mm -hmm. okay, and also for your listeners, <laughs> us only children get a bad rap, right? You know, when when there's something happens in the house and my. My example, even lecture about this, right? There's a T-Rex paw print on the refrigerator, right? Well, it's got to be me. I go, what? no, wait a minute. <laughs> T-Rex print, my print, no match. That doesn't make any difference. Right? And and uh, uh, my mom and dad were very protective, overly protective, unfortunately. Okay? But what helped me was that this, I, I didn't want that. Okay, And so I, I was always very independent. Um, I always embrace the here and now. I take it always taking a day at a time. Yeah. Um, and, and and my dad was a banker, yeah. and so dad was loving, but he wasn't really loving. Loving, he wasn't a real you know hugging person all the time. Yeah. And so I, I really vowed, you know, in that presentation that you know I was going to be different, and you know that's you know that's just the way I am, right? And, and so that's really the the only only thing. I, I remember, yeah, I remember I went to college and I was talking, I was listening to somebody talk about, um, like, he'd never hugged his dad. And I was like, what? Like, yes. what do you mean? I'm like, my dad hugs kids extra who aren't his children. Like, yes. he, just, he just gives well, out well, free friends kids. of yours, not, not yes. strangers. Yes, yes. <laughs> no, I mean, yes. You know, yeah, I, I remember... Um, I remember the first time I knew or I the first time it was signaled to me that I had a very different dad. I had a, a much I'd like to call it a much more evolved father yes. figure <laughs> is when um, one of my friends had gotten into a bicycle accident and had come to the house and you took him and cleaned him up and like gave him a hug and asked Didn't him me. if it's OK. Yeah. And then his dad picked him up didn't say anything, grabbed his bike, threw it in the car and left. And I remember the next day at school. And he left him. Yeah. Yeah. He just, he just like, took the bike. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. He just took the bike and left. Um, I remember the next day at school, he was just like, wow, your dad was really amazing. Like I've never had any adult man react to me in that way. Yeah. And, but yeah, I, I mean, I think that to me, you're, 
one of the things that's always stuck out to me anytime I, you know, I'm asked to sort of measure up my life experience with what I see in the movies is like, you're, you are unlike any movie dad I've ever seen. You're open, you're affectionate. We can, I can talk to you about anything. We quite literally talk about everything. How did you, and like, you're not, so you were born in 1945, right? Yes. So you are the last of the silent generation. That's that's right. That's right. <laughs> you're just like I'm clinging to the end of Gen X. You're clinging yeah. to the end of silent generation. Yes. How did you learn what a, it seems like every boomer after you can't do what it is that you like? How did you figure out how to do this incredible thing called love and feel? Well, well, okay. You said something, and I which I disagree with. Okay, as a youngster growing up. We did have, not only my dad, but we had wonderful father figures. And so Father Knows Best, mm-hmm. okay, Fred Murray, okay, you know, um, Mr. Cleaver, right, right? right? The Hardy Boys, dad, you know, for example. And still to this day, in fact, um, you know, every noon if I'm home, me and the pops watch the Waltons. You know, I think that that John Walton Okay, and the the mom is beautiful, but particularly we're talking about dads. You know, he's he's a wonderful okay, role model. Okay, and so you know, I we we all had that in my generation, but particularly now and still, you know, when I watch, you know, the Waltons. In fact, yesterday <laughs> with the pops, right, right. You know, it just you know it it just warms my heart. Um, you know, as a father to see him, you know, as as a father. Okay. And 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 also, you know, as a husband, you know, his relationship with her. And it was many years later that I found out that, you know, they they were dating. <laughs> okay, which made it even better. But oh, yeah, I had no, I didn't know that. Oh, Look at yeah. you. Oh yeah, Look yeah. At so this, episode, this episode yesterday. Okay, Jim Bob. Okay, who wants to be called Jim now? All right, borrows Hank Godsky's motorcycle. And then there's a race that goes on, et cetera, right? Well, dad is on vacation and taking care of some things and comes home and surprises Olivia. And then he he says, where's my old football helmet? And so he wants to make sure that Jim Bob wears the football helmet when he's in his motorcycle race, right? And he's just a, he's just a great dad, right? And so, you know, we, we did have role models, okay? But, you know, it's... Uh, you know, it's it's just wonderful being a man and, and, and being a dad. Yeah. So you talked a little bit about the vulnerability that comes with not being able to protect your kids from anything, from everything. Um, and I'll just, I'll make this exclusive to me just because I'm the one, I'm the one on the button here. Um, what is the, what was the hardest day so far? I mean, I've had some hard days. Well, there's one if there's one that sticks well, out of your mind. Well, I, I mean, I mean, all of all of the things that you've been through. Yeah. You know, OK, but I mean, it's, it's just it's just on a day to day basis. You know, you worry about, you know, uh, you know, being a car accident where you get hurt, you know, you with your, you know, disease state, you know, you know, et cetera, all, all of that. You know, you worry about that every day. Oh, just for a couple of seconds, sure. Yeah, focus on and and worry may not be the right word, but all of us dads, okay, it's like the force, right? It's like you commented 
when we're doing the syllabi about about uh, scotch scotch always is in tune with with the force all right you know montana he could care okay unless it's you know something going on then he goes to defcon 5 mm. but you know if a car comes up or she hears another dog or there's something she should respond so that's that's what i mean by that i'm not you know wringing my hands but you know the issue is there's a lot of stuff out there mm. you know? and you know uh, again, the protection thing, right? It's, you know, I don't have any control over that. Yeah. Yeah. Relationships, you know, don't, don't want your heart broken, you know, et cetera. <laughs> sure. Yeah. Yeah. sure. Yes. I, yeah. I too long, I too long for that. Um, yeah. I, and I relate to that so much too. So one of the things that I'm talking about before I air our interview is, this moment in the 80s right where you have these movies like you know the what like i love the example of the waltons obviously anybody who's listening to it knows that we're now father and son and like <laughs> the apple didn't fall far from the tree yeah. <laughs> you just whipped out you just whipped out some references are like well i disagree with you da, 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 da. oh yeah yeah um <laughs> i like i'm i am your son um but there is this, that is still a very traditional form of family where you had father as head of household. In the in the 80s, you had this, like right around the time when I was coming of age, right? You have this moment where you have movies like Mr. Mom or Who's the Boss, where you have this shift, right? Where you have two working parents, which is a little, which is more like what you and mom had in terms of raising us. So in yes. in those dads, are very different from you because Mr. Mom specifically is like, he he didn't know how to do any of that. He didn't know how to do any sort of domestic role. And the right. only way in which he gets good at it is by applying like a very masculine military type style to child rearing. Right. None of which you did. And no. you were very successful. Yeah. So can you talk, I mean, if you look, I want you to travel back to 1969 when you married my mother. Yes. Try to figure out, like, how did you talk about how you were going to, like, how did those conversations go? Uh, we didn't really need to talk about it. We just did. Mom and I were really a great team. Right? Mm -hmm. um, you know, things that needed to be done, we're going to do this. I'm going to vacuum, you know, for your, for your listeners. I love to vacuum. In fact, I did that this morning, although <laughs> I have a clogged hose. And so <laughs> I have to take care of that. Okay. But yeah. Um, it was just kind of natural. Um, and, you know, obviously for, for mom, you know, she, she had all her brothers and sisters. For me, it was just me. All right. But it was just natural. I, you know, I still lecture about this, that, that couples, you know, that it, relationships are supposed to be 50, 50. All right. And unfortunately still in this day and age, particularly for you ladies, all right, women still, you know, <laughs> you know, in class, some of my female students, kind of look at me like I had snakes coming out of my eyes like because you know a lot of them are you know are, are, are you know um latin america hispanic etc and and they still those roles still you know aren't equal you know etc so you know we just kind of you know natural mom and i just had fun and whatever needed to be done you know we did it you know side by side just divided yeah, wow. yeah. that's just to be clear was that my audio in the background? What? Or was that a dog barking? 
Oh no, the pups are barking. Oh, that was so weird. I heard like a a vortex. Maybe that was mom with you for long. Um, <laughs> mom, mom wants to get in in the yeah. action too <laughs> wow. um no, I, I get that i get that um well so yeah that's a really um it's it's not it's not common still it's really not common still that there's very yeah. specific roles um for very specific people even honestly in my marriage like i did a lion's share of the household duties and but uh, you know i too love to vacuum <laughs> yes <laughs> it's so could, it could could be a gene <laughs> it could be a gene it is there's something very soothing about like the rocking of the back and forth oh of, yeah. yeah yeah you bet you know and i lecture about you know about uh babies that don't go to sleep you know the joke is you you tie them on a vacuum or you throw them in the car and you drive around <laughs> i i was told by mom that you used to drive me around and i'd be out or you used to um stick me on the dryer and the dryer cycle would no <laughs> no can't put children in dryers no not in but on oh, like you would oh, set my carrier oh. on and i would listen to the dryer cycle i don't remember that <laughs> but the car is def the car is definitely oh cheap. yeah well, Again, you remember the, the car and i'm out you remember the commercial okay it started with the the man the father so the father kept going through, I think it was Jack in a Box, right? And the people kept looking at him like, and he goes, oh, no, you know, we all look the same. And then remember then the puppy commercial, you know, the the, the puppy dad is driving the, the baby around and finally goes to sleep. And he finally goes in the driveway and it's wonderful. And he opens the door and, the, and then, the, you know, the, the car, you know, beeps and the, wakes the baby up. So, yeah, it works. Yeah. I think this is the first time. Where we've referenced the commercial on the stories we tell. What well, very cool. And I love it. <laughs> do we get royalties? <laughs> or do or do we have to pay? <laughs> yes. You know I have to what? be careful. If we start singing, do we have to pay? <laughs> yes. You know what? I think we're okay for now. I think we're okay. okay. We're gonna keep we're gonna keep going with the trajectory. <laughs> Eric, yeah, you know, uh, like in uh um um Corden. Okay, I forget the guy's name, the vice president, right? Court is always, you know, kidding him because, you know, he can't say products on the air because, you know, they're not sponsored by them and stuff and they have to pay. And <laughs> We're not quite at James Corden's level is yet. Is that it? Okay. Stories we tell. We're... <laughs> no budget. Show no budget. <laughs> what? I'm not being paid for this? No. I mean, you're being paid in love oh, and no, I, I, I I take that back. I already been paid for him. You did my syllabi. It's wonderful. I did. So I didn't do this at the top because I we we jump right in as we always do. But like when you say you lecture, give me tell the people, tell the people what you lecture about. Tell the people what you do. Yeah. Okay. I I okay, I'm a forensic psychologist. I teach at San Bernardino Valley College, one of my gigs I do. I teach two general psychology classes. Okay, and, and last semester was great because all these kids from high school come in their first semester in college, they were bright-eyed and bushy-tailed. And then my other class is called Lifespan Psychology 111 for nurses and psych tech track. So you have to take this class, my class, in order to then to be eligible then to go into the nursing program or the psych tech program. Psychology is just wonderful fun. Been doing it a long time. 
How long? How long have you been in psychology? Well, I think it's 53 years now, something like that. God. Yeah. So <laughs> how has psychology prepared you to be a father? Well, you know, um, there there are four basic dynamics, okay, in, in being a good parent, good father, good mother. The first one is um, unconditional positive regard, as Carl Rogers used to call it, right? And so no matter what, Okay. And so there may be things that happen. Okay. And then, and then for you, okay, you, okay, again, for your listeners, my son was a wonderful child. Okay. We only had two incidents. I told you already. Okay. Took him out of, I don't know, Steerenstein or something. We're with Aunt Joe and, okay, you were just fussing. Okay. And the other one was, I don't remember exactly. Okay. But, and, and again, I've always told you, okay, obviously, the, if people are watching this, we look very much alike. And so when I would have to, okay, do some boundaries with you, it, I would have to stifle my laughter because it was like looking in a mirror, okay? <laughs> in any case, unconditional positive regard, and people forget this, okay, is that I love you, un children, unconditionally, okay, that there may be some things that I don't like and I'm always going to tell you as a father. Okay. But I, I never withhold my love. And a lot of people misunderstand that. Okay. And, you know, and I lecture about, for example, you know, adolescent pregnancy. Okay. There's so many families that kick the daughter out. Well, obviously it was a mistake. Okay. If you're going to have sex, you have to have, you know, protected sex. All right. So you don't have unwanted babies, but, you know, wait, this is your daughter. And also, you have an unborn baby. People forget that, right? So that's the first issue. Okay? The second one is boundaries. Okay, And people forget this also, that, that all of us as developing human beings, and particularly the first five years of development, is the most important. Okay? And so boundaries, structure and limits. This is what's right. This is what's wrong. Okay, and and good things you get rewarded for, and if there's things that are wrong, you get okay a, a negative what we call negative reinforcer. Right? Okay, now okay going back to grandpa, grandpa used to spank me with a belt. Okay, and I think it was like I don't know eleven or twelve. I finally grabbed the damn belt. <laughs> you know it is over. Okay, you know this is really not the way to do this. Right. You know, etc. Right? Okay, and, and so that that's very important. Also, right? and the third one is expectations based on the the youngster, not the parents. And there's so many parents who go, well, you know, you're going to be a doctor. Well, I don't want to be a doctor. Well, everyone's a doctor. Well, that's part of my point. Okay, mm -hmm. or you know, or you you know, you want to be a you know baseball player. No, I, I want to be a dancer. Right, you know, etc. And the last one is just open and honest communication. You know, all the time. We call it psycholinguistic theory. There's two components. Genetically innate, we're always motivated, okay, to learn how to talk to meet our needs and meet other people's needs. The other one is the family, okay? And old school was children to be seen and not heard. In fact, kids got punished for asking questions, right? Well, you know, thank goodness, you know, that's changed a lot, right? So those those are the four you know very important elements okay, that you know I try to live by you know you know on a, a moment by moment basis yeah 
I can't believe Grandpa would spank you with a belt. Oh yeah, yeah, it hurt. Yeah, yeah. In many ways, yeah, yeah, yeah. Ah, oh, I'm sorry. You didn't, yeah, I'm sorry. You didn't know that, huh? No, I don't think we've ever talked about that. Yeah. No. Yeah. Yeah. I, you know, I one day when I see Grandpa again, we're gonna have a talking. <laughs> That's <thing>. right. <laughs> <Okay>. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, you know, I, I lecture about this, you know, um, um, people that have spanked uh, whatever, you know, a belt, a spoon, slippers, you know, you know, you know, good old Joan uh, hangers. All right. You know, the, the presentation always is, you know, I'm doing this because I love you. Well, the response is don't love me so much. Yeah. OK. Or this Absolutely. hurt me more than you. Well, good. Then let me have a turn. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think. I only remember getting getting spanked once. I think once, and then I think one time, mom, mom whipped a towel, but like whipped a towel. I don't. Th I mean, obviously, she didn't intend to hit me, but she just yeah. like whipped the towel because I was doing something, and she accidentally hit me, and she felt real bad about it. <laughs> Did I spank you? I don't remember this. I think you spanked me once, and then you're like, "I'm never doing this again." Okay. Like, we actually had a we had a conversation about it, and you spanked me once. I was five, I think I was throwing oh. a temper tantrum, okay. and you were like, "You came like this is the thing I love so much about you is that I remember this very distinctively. You had to spank you you spanked me, and I cried, and I, I and and then you sat me down, and you were like, "Hey, I'm sorry. I'm never gonna do that again. I don't like that, but like." we just we'll figure out a different like we you were basically like i spanked you but i'm not going to do that again so like we'll never I remember this yeah it was sorry I, <laughs> <laughs> you know i get it i was a very very outgoing five-year-old rambunctiously jumping around hanging off of trees yeah but you were such a good kid That's yeah true. it was yeah, yeah. You know what? I'm going to go ahead and say it. Nikki probably did something that pissed me off and I reacted. <laughs> probably so, son. Probably. <laughs> I'm glad that we're in agreement here. I'm sorry you join us to, to please. We'll, we'll, hold space. we'll hold space that maybe my side is. Will, will this be aired internationally? Yes. We will, we will. You know, only only Timmy and Birch listen in Ireland. So, oh, like, very cool. I have a really Hi, big, Tim and Birch. Yeah, I have a really big following in Ireland, and I'm like, this is entirely too very good. <laughs> hey, Bono. <laughs> um. So now I want to I want to talk a little bit about like how do you what is your advice to to you know who guys who feel you know like one of the biggest one of the biggest stories that the movies from the 80s tell and the the examples that i give are mr mom cocktail do you remember cocktail with tom cruise yeah. i mean kokomo how could you yeah. not yeah and then there was oh um oh my god i forgot i just it just went right out of my brain well in those two movies in particular there's still an expectation that men have to be the breadwinner in order to be able to achieve love and earn love and then earn the role of a father. Um, and how how much pressure did you feel in that regard? Like, 
None? You're like, None. No. None. No. So what, what advice, because I know a lot of friends who are guys who are, they're really, really wonderful fathers. They're really, really caring partners, but they are not rich men. What do you tell them? Because also their self-worth is low because they are not wealthy. That whole, remember that whole 1997 book, Rich Dad, Poor Dad came out yeah. and they yeah. annihilated yeah. anybody's self-worth that wasn't a millionaire father. Yeah. yeah. Well, um, I, you well, know, the issue is money's important. Okay. But, you know, life satisfaction is, is more important. Right. And, and so people talk about, well, you know, I'd rather be happy and, and not rich. Okay. Or, you know, the issue about, you know, just being financially stable and secure. Okay. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like the, the lottery, you know, you know, did someone win the lottery yet? Is it up to like $6 million, something like that? Right. A million is plenty. Okay. Yeah. You know, but the issue is you have to feel good and going back to, you know, the work, you know, all my jobs, I've had great jobs. I worked in a sporting goods store, you know, still my favorite job besides you know, being a clinician, right? You know, is I, I, I told you, I used to drive a truck. Okay, I worked for, you know, physical education for, for the county. And I drove this truck to give supplies to all the playgrounds from, you know, just above uh, Hollywood Bowl uh, to the deepest part of the valley, like Canoga Park, et cetera. And it was cool. And, you know, because I love to drive, it's, also just fit right in but i got to talk to all the people and stuff and you know it was great and so all all the jobs i've ever had i enjoyed it's just like now you know people always say to me you know paul d you're 77 you know you, you know when you're gonna quit i love it you know when you go retire well it's fun you know as long as i can do it you know it's fun um again money money's important you have to be able to you know pay your bills and and have food and uh, you know, people take that all for granted. Um, you have to, you know, save retirement you know, is very important. In fact, I lecture about people start planning for retirement really like in early adolescence. All right. You know, I talk about, you know, kids. When we were young, we used to have a little little book. We used to, you know, take our dollar or pennies to the bank and they would stamp it. Right. You know, so many people, you know, you know, the average credit card debt in this country is like twenty eight thousand dollars. That's the average. Yeah, right. People will never, never pay that off, right? So that's very important, right? You know, I I, I fought grandpa. Um, you know, as you're well aware, grandpa was very frugal, which we found out, you know, okay, but you know, we had enough money to take care of grandma and you know, we had some inheritance, but but you know, the issue is, you know, he could have done that better. There was more of a balance there that needed to be done. And so his advice, you know, you know, young men, young fathers. You know, again, you know, day by day, okay, uh, and and your value is really on all that you do, right? And so, you know, your work, um, you know, money, money's important, okay. You know, and you know, if you have the opportunity, okay, to to you know earn a lot of money, you know, go for it. Okay? But it's a balance. People forget the bottom line is family. Our kids should come first. Okay, and many people just lose themselves in their work, you know, the driven, okay, going back to the 80s and 90s. And, and you know, so many people have lost that. Remember the movie The Architect with Kevin Kline? Okay, mm -hmm. and, and uh, Darth Vader, the kid, can't think of his name now. 
right? You know, here here's a guy that was wonderful all his life, okay? And then, you know, they let him go. And he questioned, you know, all of his work, okay? You know, he slammed, you know, the buildings and stuff, you know, the models. When in fact, hey, wait a minute, you know, you, you're still great. Yeah, so there's, you know, there's a balance there that's very important. When mom retired from Ralph's, she was about, a, she had about a year of six months left. And, you know, she would always criticize me for the the work decisions that I made. Because one of the one of the things that she saw me debate was between two jobs, one where I could wear jeans every day and one where I could. They paid exactly the same. It was the same thing. And I chose the job where I could wear jeans every day. And I remember, yeah, she had six months left at Ralph's and she was miserable after 45 years of working because, as you just said, she was definitely a workaholic. Yeah. Um, and she was like, you know, I know I criticize you for that decision, but now I think about that every day. I wish I could just put on a pair of jeans and go into work. And so I'm sorry. And I looked at her like, and you are who? That's right. <laughs> well, on Fridays, they used to wear jeans. And... On Friday. And she's like, and I wish every day were Friday. Okay. Yeah. Because I see now how much easier it is to go to work when you're comfortable you know because she had fucking polyester skirts and high heel shoes walking down those hallways and and panty like yeah the corporate culture is ridiculous um still so how do you how did you and mom negotiate yeah i mean because you have two you had two kids how did you negotiate splitting the like things like who got up with us, who who bottle fed versus breastfeed, like uh, it turns kind of again to fifty fifty. Yeah, turn and you know, <laughs> and, and unless you know, I, I lecture about this, right? So it's the baby's crying, right? It's called detachment, right? And and the issue is if you have a good attachment, you know, someone comes for you right away. Well, sometimes the partners. Okay, and so I, I, I kid about, you know, in the dark, you know, the, the, one of the partners will say, okay, now wait a minute, okay, you know, you know, I, you, you know, you're pretending you're sleeping, no one can sleep, the baby has taken their binky or their sippy cup and is raking, you know, the crib, <laughs> et cetera, right, and so one of them, the, you know, says, uh, uh, you know, I'm, I'm just exhausted, you know, I, I call, I call making love snuzzling, right, so or, or super freak right super freak session right and so i said uh, you know i'll i'll give you three super freak sessions if you take my turn <laughs> so we took turns yeah if you could travel back in time to 19 october 30th 1979 at around 4 45 p.m yes. what did it feel like to meet me for the first time well we waited so long. Okay, you know, Casey was supposed to be born on Labor Day. Labor Day. So wait a minute. That means that I was two months late. Well, yeah, yeah. They, yeah. Must, have, they must have miscalculated. That's well, after, well, yeah, but you came out with hair and nails, so <laughs> and and a movie ticket. <laughs> There was a lot of good shit out in 1979. You know, you were just, you know, such a miracle baby. And, the, you know, the, you know, the, the other issue is that for me, it was like, 
Yeah, see, you know, there was, you know, really no worry all, all along here. Uh, you know, there's nothing wrong with mom and I and, you know, et cetera. And, you know, you are you're our pumpkin, you know, our Halloween pumpkin. <laughs> it's odd that I have now affectionately, like, Wesley is pumpkin. And I was like, yeah. oh, well, yeah, he's mine. So, of course, he'd be the pumpkin. That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, my birth is is just, you know, amazing. Yeah, yeah. And then to hold a, you know, brand newborn baby, it's, it's wonderful. You were, you were beautiful. Yeah. <laughs> I, was, I was big. Yeah, well, hair and nails, like I said. <laughs> <laughs> um, gosh, what, what was, so just thinking back on my life, like, was there a moment that sticks out at you where you're just like, man, I, I nailed this. I did such a good job. <laughs> like, look at this job that I did. I crushed it. Well, I mean, every day, you know. Um, oh, you're too good. Yeah, well, no, well, no, but it's true. You know, uh, well, <laughs> listen to me. You have to remember what I have do and have done for all these years. You know, I've, I've heard the worst and seen the worst of the worst, right? <laughs> so, Okay, you know, the, the kids that go astray, they get in trouble, you know, that that, you know, um, self-medicate too much, that they, you know, end up killing themselves, that they, you know, go bad. And, and both you and Nick, you know, it turned out well, you, you know, Sony and Nick, you know, et cetera, you know, very, very proud. Okay, you know, in, in many ways, you know, uh, um, you know, we we just went through the World Cup. Eight soccer for you listeners. Okay. And only because I can't, it's like I watched my Ducks last night finally win a game. All right. I can't stand this offside stuff. It's the stupidest rule ever. And so when I was watching the soccer, in fact, when I was together with some of the posse, you know, I was so proud of you. You know, you and Nick were both good athletes. You were a much better athlete than Nick, right? When you stopped the ball, you know, with your cheek. Okay, in the playoffs, right? In the shootout, right? You know, um, you know, you have you have great war stories of you athletics. You know, you you were playing catcher and you tagged out two guys, okay, at home plate, you know, two runners. <laughs> and in fact, I told that to Doc Larry a couple months ago, and he goes, Well, that, that third base coach must have been a dummy. <laughs> <laughs> he send, that, send that to the guy, yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay. And then all, you know, school, you know, going to Santa Cruz and and then, you know, in New York, to, to be there in New York, you know, was September 11th, right? And then, you know, all you've done. And, and now here, you know, uh, you know, you know, my, my Casey, you know, podcast. Isn't technology wonderful? Isn't technology wonderful? And, and, and getting me in this, right? Okay. And how do you like my hood? Right? People go, wow, Dr. Paul has a, a glowing revolving ball back <laughs> right next to my Kobe going up against okay my Kevin Garnett hand drawn oh. picture from Laguna Beach god i think that that's the hardest thing for people like i think people people will be like man your dad is amazing and i'll go well he's also a celtic fan so there is <laughs> um so i mean gosh we really covered all the bases here in terms of questions but like is there any, I don't know, I guess, how different did you feel as a man prior to having kids 
versus like yeah I guess I never got to ask you this question like you know walk me walk me a little bit through the stages of like your manhood and like how you sort of came into yourself as as a husband and then as a father so like you Paul single guy tell me tell me about tell me about yeah. young young Paul well like i said the transition okay that is when you're you don't have children you know that i i felt you know superman okay you know even with mom so you didn't have have the protective instinct over mom too oh oh yes okay yeah oh you know because i didn't have sisters all right all of my relationships with women Okay, was based on you know, a part of that friendship and oh yeah, you know protection. Yeah, but okay, um, it it's different. Okay, and, you know, I didn't worry about so much. Mom would think, you know, hopefully she's okay and I can't protect her all the time. But it, it's different because you're adults. Okay, as you know, having children, then like I said, then it was okay. Wait a minute. Okay, I, I really can't control everything. Mm-hmm. Right, you know, et cetera. That's different, okay? So, you know, being uh, a single man versus father, you know, I, you know, you know, being married, mom, um, the vulnerability wasn't there, okay? But Nikki and you, yeah, it was. How did you meet my mom? Okay, there was a great dance place in Santa Monica called the Ore House, had aquariums throughout okay the wall okay and i don't remember the band's name and you know I, I, there's there's a, a band called love okay and they have some great songs but i don't think that was them in any case okay i would go dancing there with with mike we would go and okay and a lot of pretty ladies and there was one this particularly one couple african-american guy okay and pretty redhead and they really could dance and and there I'm one night, and and uh, I say, Mom, and, and you know, she's kind of like, appears to be having an altercation with this guy. And, and so I said, yeah, Pardon me, ma'am. Uh, is, is that guy bothering you or something? <laughs> and Mom looked at me and kind of chuckled. And, and then we started dancing. And, and then she, I, I forget whether she was with Pookie Eileen or not. Okay. But, you know, I, I said, Well, you know, I'll, I'll give you a ride home. And in fact, we, we stopped and, okay. And, and, Mom was engaged at the time. <laughs> okay. And, you know, we, okay, we just talked. We just talked and, and it took you know, mom home and seen her by the sea. That's how it started. Right. And, you know, I, I, I was, you know, going to, to San Diego and, and going, you know, to my doctor, et cetera. And, okay. But, you know, she was nice and really nice. And, you know, then I came up, came back up to get her. <laughs> Gotta go. I'm sorry, what? I gotta go see about a girl. Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You bet. Good old. It's old not. Man. It doesn't surprise me that it's the Baca mini dance moves that that swooned. That's right. <laughs> you that. bet. I love that. I dance love yourself that. silly. Dance yourself silly. <laughs> um. Well. I mean, this has just been lovely. How do we do? I can ask you a billion questions. Well, I got a billion answers. I know. I think so. Well, we'll just do a quick rapid fire here. 
Yeah. So you're you're the best TV dad, best TV dad or movie dad ever. Walton, John Walton. Walton. Yeah. Worst TV dad or movie dad. Yeah. <laughs> I can't think of a bad TV dad. Well, I yeah. got a million. <laughs> well, help me. What? Ooh. I mean, I, I think John McClane is a terrible dad. I think um, Walt from Breaking Bad is a terrible dad. Oh, I think Al Bundy. Oh, no, no, wait father. a minute. Wait, he loved his son. Who, Walt? Yeah. Well, I mean, yes, but he, he loved his son. Lie well, to him and and well, live a know. double life. Well, I know. You know, I can tell someone I'm I'm dying and. Okay, I want to make a, a shitload of money. So, <laughs> you know, you know, I'm I'm cooking meth. You know, well, actually, it's, a, it's a like Tony Soprano. Okay, antisocial personalities, gangsters. I'm watching Tulsa King now. All right, I found I got back into it. Right, you know, he's still mumbling. Okay, but you know, Is this Kevin Costner. No, no, no. That's Yellowstone. No, oh. Tulsa King is Sylvester Stallone. Oh. Who goes to prison for 25 years, doesn't squeal, and then comes back, and and the boys go, oh, no, no, you, you need to go. You know, we got a place for you in Oklahoma. Okay, he can't, he can't squeal because he can't pronunciate anything. Well, you right. can't tell anybody nothing if you can't. Yeah. He's saying yeah. yeah. he has those moments. Okay, but they still love their children. That's the issue. Okay. So yeah, no, I I I can't think of a bad. TV or movie father. Well, so then let's talk a little bit about. Let's talk because you, you. I wanted to touch on it back when you talk about kids, but I didn't want to cut you off. So, and especially because you you have seen the worst of the worst. Like, so as a parent, what do you do when you have a child that's addicted to something? Or like, you know, we talk about boundaries. You talk about unconditional love. So you kind of have to talk a little bit about attachment, like. What do you do as a parent when you you cannot reach your kid? You uh, you do the best you can, okay, to to get them into intervention, okay. But the bottom line is that for anybody, if people really don't want help, okay, you know, the, you just have to try, you know, the best you can. But it's still on each of us. We make the choices, okay, and unfortunately that. You know, the attachment is very important. That's the key to all, all of our, our lives, right? And, and there's just people that, you know, and, you know, you have to be able to deal with it. You know, it's part of life. Sad, very sad. You have to see, you know, kids that you love, you know, die, okay, you know, or, you know, just ruin their life. They're, they really are dead, but they're not, you know, they're still alive, you know, right. et cetera. You know, just, you just have to do the best you can and pray. Okay, you know, you know, I'm very spiritual also. And, you know, you just, you know, have to try to do all that. Okay, but it's part of the vulnerability again. Wow, I, I can't fix this. Right? Mm -hmm. I can't save him or her. Right? Yeah. That's my response. Yeah. What? Hmm. Is there, okay, so speaking of hindsight. Yeah. Is there anything that you would go back and change about any of it? Well, okay, f for you, right? As we've talked about, 
right? Um, you know, the, the issue is that, you know, the, the gender, you know, characteristics and dynamics, you know, you were, you know, just, you know, you know, we call it tomboy, you know, you know, et cetera, right? Well, you know, of course, as we've talked about, particularly recently, you know, I, I would have, you know, you know, loved to alleviate a lot of that pain and sorrow and struggle you went through. Okay, you know, in that, you know, Man, I, could that be a, I could be a Dodger right now. Like we don't, I tag two people out of home plate. I could be a Dodger. That's right. You bet. Yeah, <laughs> you bet. And we need you now. Yeah, I know. I like put me in, Coach. That's get, right. You bet. Get, get Lux out of short. Just put me back there. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and so, yeah. Uh, I mean, obviously, we talked about this recently. Yeah, and so you know, my response back to you is that if. You know, and again, you know, the, you know, transgender issues were really not talked about, you know, not understood, you know, et cetera, right? And so if mom and I had, you know, embraced that, and then, you know, how would that have been different for you? Well, you wouldn't have had gone through so much heartache and sorrow, okay, oh, that's for sure, okay? And then, you know, looking at, well, then, you know, what would happen with you and, you know, you know all your relationships and like Corey and and you know the babies the, you know a lot you know you know sometimes um uh, people have regrets or or you know all the shows about um you know going back you know and and, and changing stuff right well, like well, back, uh, back to the future yeah, yeah. or uh you know um blocking, right yeah the the show that was on with the time machines and the bad guys uh, going to change you know history quantum leap no, no, it was different, different than Quantum Leap. But I love that we keep naming, <laughs> yeah, like there's a million. There's a million like hindsight 2020 shows. Yeah, okay. And sometimes you change one thing, but then all kinds of things change. And so your journey, okay, that you continue to go through, you know, would have been different, mm-hmm. all right? And and that might, you know, it, it may have alleviated all that heartache and sorrow, but then other things may have happened. So, you know, um, generally I don't like to look in the past, okay? Day by day, okay? Yes. Obviously, I love you to death and you turned out wonderfully, okay? And what a trip, okay? It's the, you know, for you listeners, this is the way we talk all the time. Yeah, this is it. This is like a normal <laughs> yeah, that's normal right. conversation. Yeah, you bet, yeah. Although I will say like, you know, we usually talk on the phone, so I don't get to see your face, but I might ask you to hop on a Zoom so I can see my 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 future self just staring right back at me. <laughs> <laughs> um, in preparation for a, a, a movie that I wrote and I'm playing the lead character, I will be growing my hair out and it will, you're, I basically just gave my stylist a picture of you and be like, here's what it's going to look like. <laughs> <laughs> Staying alive. Yeah, staying alive. That's the exact reference I'm talking about, staying alive. Yeah. So when you think about uh, movies that influenced you the most in terms of like you, I know that you're very much an individual. You're very much a Sagittarius. You are Dr. Paul. You are Doc. Everybody knows you. You're a meme. Me, like friends dress up as you for Halloween, which right. I really <laughs> love so much. Um but like when you were growing up or when you watch movies, like who were you just like, yeah, I'm like, 
I'm I'm kind of like that guy. Uh, uh, my three favorite movie stars, TV stars, and heroes. First one is Yul Brenner. Mm-hmm. King and I, Magnificent Seven, and then a movie he was in that I still can't find. I think it's called The Journey. Okay, he was a a Russian um, uh, captain, and I think it was Deborah Kerr, and, and they were trying to get across the border, something, etc. Right? Okay, I think he was uh, in Westworld. Westworld. and he was in Westworld, the robot, the first one. Yeah, you bet. He's been lots of stuff. Okay. Cool. Okay. The next one is Burt Lancaster. Okay. With the big teeth and the smile. The Crimson Pirate. Okay. And then Steve McQueen. Okay. Mm-hmm. The Great Escape. And then before The Great Escape, he was in TV. Okay. Great show called Wanted Dead or Alive, where he wore that side gun on his, his thigh. Right. Just cool. And then Clint, you know, the good, the bad, and the ugly. Um, you know, or, or or some of you know my heroes. In fact, um, you know, I still occasionally watch The Rifleman. Going back to you talk about a father, okay, Lucas McCain, okay, and good old Johnny, okay, great dad, okay, and you know, single single dad, cool, yeah. I, um, when I think about those references, I think about all of those guys as not being anywhere near as animated or emotive as you. Which, so for me, when I think of, like, when I think of you, I always, like, when I write the movie of my life, who's going to play my dad? And it really is a tug of war between Richard Gere and Kevin Costner. <laughs> yeah. I really, because you kind of look like, and look, I, a long time ago, I may have said Steven Seagal, but I have removed, since no. removed- <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> that, no thank you well well vicky you said you know with <clears throat> my hair is wet and slick back maybe yeah yes, yes, <clears throat> yes. but but costner and yeah costner richard gear for sure uh, richard gear kevin costner sort of has your general like like face and and sort of like body composition richard gear sort of has your your sensibilities, your your how you emote and your sensitivity and, and charm. Yeah. And charm. yeah. Well, Nikki said, you know, when she saw a Costner, she says, look just like me. It's you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Although he doesn't have your 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 charisma. No, he doesn't. Um, <laughs> he doesn't have his social skills. No. <laughs> Maybe that needs to be deleted out. <laughs> I'm not gonna delete that one out. Okay. I'm gonna keep that one exactly where it is. Sorry, 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 Yellowstone. Yes. <laughs> but I mean, you know, and you, I, you know, I will just take this opportunity to say this, like, what, aside from the fact that you are my dad and you were, we have this relationship, you gave me this incredible, these two incredible gifts. One was our, your love of movies, which has inspired this podcast, but two, which t- comes to a surprise to most people, eclipses movies is music like yeah. <laughs> you moved us to the only town that had mtv and from from almost from birth from 1984 on i had pumped into my living room every morning prince madonna michael jackson janet jackson you know boy george like and i think that because you loved music so much 
and because that is where a lot of gender expression and and sexuality and also self-expression and creativity comes from I think more so giving me those two gifts simultaneously really helped me find find myself even in the world that was reflecting other things like it was through movies and music that I was really able to get a sense of like how I could sort of like make a collage of my own self-expression and so I really just wanted to say hey great decision and thank you so much you're welcome for the for the listeners of the stories we tell can you explain as a father how you would wake us up when we were little well, <laughs> good morning. I, I forget. Yeah. yeah. You, would, you would, especially me. Oh. Would, yeah, go ahead. You like the forehead. Yeah. Yeah. You, you like your forehead rub. Okay. It's like, uh, um, um, I forget, uh, Shelton, right? You know, pretty kitty, you know, it's a soothing thing on his forehead. <laughs> yeah. You don't have to go to sleep and also wake up. Nikki's yeah. rap always was, oh, dad, you know, you know, because Nikki's a spy, she'd be out all hours of the night. And so she was tired all the time. Oh, dad, just five more minutes. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, wake her body, yeah, rubbing your forehead at night and then, you know, good morning. Yeah. And then every morning, <laughs> what was playing? Music. All rock music. Always. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Kiss FM, Rick D's. Pumping into the living room. Oh, Rick, where is he now? Yeah, yeah. I have no idea. Yeah, there was not, there was not a morning that I. Re I think actually that's the thing that was so hard about the divorce, is that after you left, everything got so quiet. Yeah, yeah. Well, the music died. The mu yes, the day. Bye, bye. It's America. Bye. I'm sorry, I didn't know that. Yeah. Well, no, I mean, well, well no one was there to turn the music on. Mom. No one was there to turn the. Yeah, right. And so I would wake up and mom would already be gone. Yeah. But the the mornings with you, I would wake up and there was always music playing. Yeah. There was always joy. And you'd be like, okay, you know, are you ready for the day? And you would like give us our little bowl of Cheerios or rice cookies. <laughs> and then we'd be like, eat our little cereal. And then you would drive. Fruit. Don't forget the fruit. Don't forget the fruit. <laughs> People always go like, did you, did you eat sugary cereal? I was like, he tempered it like yeah first, first it was plain cheerios yeah. and a banana plain cheerios and a banana and yeah. then over time it became the individual boxes of the things but yes honeyos honeyos and then i remember very specifically the video of the kid and you were you showed us the video of the kid the yellow dye number five who billy oh well, billy yeah <laughs> what did billy tell me about billy yeah well, I, 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 when I lecture about food allergies, and the sad part about this story is I lost that tape three years ago. And so now when I lecture, I, I tell my students, you have to just visualize, imagine this. <laughs> and so the the tape is of, first of all, okay, little Billy was five, okay, and, and he drank some maple syrup. It'd be the amount of maple syrup he put on his pancakes, right? And And it made him tired. And so a lot of our reactions to sugar Okay, is is to really get tired. We think it's a pigment, but it's not for a lot of people. And then he ate some strawberry jello, and it was the sugar in the maple syrup, the sugar in the jello, and the red dye in the jello 
the 20 minutes later that he is flying all over the place. Right. And so, yeah, so I showed, you know, Nikki and Casey that, okay, as, you know, this is important. We need to, you know, eat healthier, okay, and, you know, uh, we've done a pretty good job. Fine gold started, but then we continued, okay, that we need to get a lot of this terrible stuff out of the food, okay, so we can live longer, be more healthy. Any any parting words on on what it's like to be my dad? It's wonderful. This was wonderful. Okay. And again, as I said, I love you so much. Okay. I love you too. And Merry Christmas and Happy New Year. Merry Christmas, Happy New Year. And honestly, the thing that I'm the most excited about is you and I are finally going on a father-son trip. Yes. We're going to go to Ireland. You bet. And after okay. watching the Banshees of Irish, <laughs> Irish yeah. Irish, whatever it's called, I feel like we're going to need some joyful music. Yes, yes. Yes, but no, oh, I, it's the there, most there, beautiful place. There is people. joyful music. The music oh, yeah. is good. Yeah, that movie was just like, oh god. <laughs> That's right. The movie is just the bummer. <laughs> truly, truly, very. You know, you know, and also, I just I add, I'm very proud of you. The things that you have done and accomplished, okay, and continue. You know, it's great. Like I said, you know, you know, how could we ever manage, imagine you as a baby and me as your dad? holding you okay you're thinking that down the road we'd be doing a podcast i know again is it technology incredible one <laughs> one day this baby is going to have a recording device that's going to show yeah. us the world yes there you go you Teach bet people how to be a dad yeah you bet you bet um well i have to be a proud to be a dad how to be um papa papa ocho and papa pancake that's right you bet <laughs> i um I hear a lot of, you know, obviously I, you know, I'm in Al-Anon and I hear a lot of stories all the time. Um, And a lot of stories about certain dads. And every time I hear a story about dads, I know how fucking lucky I am to have you as a dad. I love you. You're a great dad. You're also one of my closest friends. And I love that you can come over and have Christmas with me with two of my friends and we can just sit there and play games. And people look at us like it's a very strange thing. Be that bird. <laughs> I'm gonna I'll let Grant know. I'm gonna call out Grant. Grant bought the most complicated game That's to right. Christmas <laughs> And we did our best. That's we, right. <laughs> and only and, the way And what the hell, Grant? Okay, I'm still trying to figure out how you end up winning. <laughs> you know what? I'm going to roll the tape back and we'll see how Grant won. That's right. <laughs> uh, I love you with all my heart. Thank you so much for doing Love you this. too. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. And you know what? Thanks for having me. You bet. Love you. My pleasure. Bye. Love you. In the Bacca Mini Orchard, the apple does not fall far from the tree. <laughs> I hope you enjoyed some insight into where I, Casey Bacamini, host of the stories we tell, a podcast about the way we read movies, originated. This is my origin story, if you will. <laughs> Next week, we're going to shift gears and finish off the season with two very important conversations. In next week's episode, we'll dive into the stories movies tell men about consent. I will add all the trigger warnings necessary because we will be wading into some very heavy waters. 
Until then, I want to say a very special thank you to my dad, Dr. Paul Bacamini. I love you, and I am so lucky to be your son. And also, Happy New Year to all of you listeners. I hope you have a safe and happy holiday, and we will start off the new year with the end of this very important sophomore season of the stories we tell.